today on Word of Grace Radio with senior pastor and teacher, Joe Marquez. And you got a big old, big old brand new bottle of leaves sitting on the counter, you know. My knees hurt or my back or whatever it is, you know. They're, oh, you're diabetic and, and there's the insulin and yeah, yeah, I'm going to tough it out. How long is that going to last, right? And same thing with salvation. I mean, you, you got to first recognize you need to be saved, but but uh, if you don't believe, it's not going to happen. You need to to believe. You need to trust. Bestuo is to continually make a volitional choice to believe. It's not just that you believe the gospel once; you continue to believe. Because in in your life as a Christian, there will be moments of what doubt, won't there? be moments of doubt i mean mean, that's the reality of it you're human you're you're frail you're you're thinking you know goes hot and cold at times and i'll be moments of i don't know if i believe or you know i don't trust god or or whatever it is he's not answering my prayer and you know we go from there right and moments of doubt but then you go back to the truth to the word of god and you make the volitional choice to believe i trust him your word of grace offers healing to the nation. Your word of grace brings peace and unity. Whoa. Your word of grace breaks every stronghold. Welcome to Word of Grace Radio, a radio ministry of Grace Calvary Chapel located in San Antonio, Texas. We pray that God uses these sermons to bless, encourage, and help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, Pastor Joe is in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. The title of this sermon is, Not Ashamed. Here is the first half of this verse-by-verse study with senior pastor and teacher, Joe Marquez. Paul here writing to the Romans, we know he wanted to visit them, and his purpose then was to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And so he says, the reason I want to visit you then, and whatever you see the word for, or sometimes you'll see the word therefore, and you've been told before that whenever you see the word therefore, you ask yourself, what is it there for? Right? And the same could be said for the word for. For tells us that there's a reason or a purpose why he had previously written. And the reason is, he wanted to go to Rome, and he's telling them, this is the reason I want to go to Rome, because I want to proclaim the gospel to you. And then he first says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, and ashamed here means uh, essentially, uh, let, me, let me see here, to a reluctance to say something because of fear or humiliation, or uh, and a, a lack of courage to stand up for something. 
you, there's this fear that overwhelms you. You're thinking that when you tell people about Jesus, they're going to be you know, upset or, or, or maybe they're, they're not going to receive it, which very well may be true or, or whatever it may be. And, and so you may be ashamed of the gospel. Uh, it's a, an exposure or fear of embarrassment that one's expectations may prove false. Now that, that fear or shame comes from either not understanding or comprehending the power of the gospel or the truth of the gospel. That this is the truth. That what Jesus Christ did on the cross by him dying and, and living and, and resurrecting, that is the absolute truth, and that we have the only way to God. There is no other way. Yeah, people will ask, well, well, what about all the other religions, right? And what about, well, religion is man's way to try to get to God. The gospel is God reaching down to man. And therein lies the biggest difference between the two. So Paul's saying, I'm, I'm not ashamed. The Greek word, epaiskunomai. Epaiskunomai. And, and it's interesting how he intensified the word by, by putting that prefix epi on it. Uh, you, I, maybe a direct translation would be, I'm, I will never, ever be ashamed of the gospel. Or in no way will I ever be ashamed of it. He, he wanted to intensify the word, right? And we use sometimes little, uh, little words to do that. It, it wasn't hot. It was what? Very, very, very hot. So he's saying, I'm not ashamed. I am not, not, not ashamed of the gospel. And that's what he's saying here. We know that the gospel itself, as Paul wrote to the Corinthians in verse 23, we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews, and folly to the Gentiles. So Paul was indubitably unashamed. Try saying that word. Undoubtedly. That's all it means. Undoubtedly unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He knew that Rome was a volatile place. They go into Rome and, and telling people about Jesus that they, they weren't going to greet him with open arms, that you know, some may want to stone him or kill him or whatever it may be, but it didn't matter. He was part of the fellowship of the unashamed. F-O-T-U. You ever heard that before? Fellowship of the unashamed. Maybe you've seen a, a t-shirt with those, those four letters on it. Their motto says this, I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I've stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't back down, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My presence makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, slight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, Chintzy giving and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by presence, learn by faith, love by patience, live by prayer, and labor by power. My place is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough. 
My companions few, my guide is reliable, my mission is clear. Can't be bought, compromised, deterred, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, back up, let up, shut up until I've preached up, prayed up, paid up, stored up, stayed up for the cause of Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until he returns, give until I drop, preach till I all know, and work until he comes. And when he comes to get his own, you won't have any problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Spurgeon said, when we preach Christ crucified, we have no reason to stammer or to stutter or to hesitate or to apologize. There's nothing in the gospel of which we have any cause to be ashamed. Ashamed, and yet we know that uh, for some people it's an offense, right? The gospel is an offense, as, as, as scripture tells us, to uh, for the Jew, it was a stumbling block. Scandalon is, we get the word scandal from it, because they, they believed that their Messiah would come and would rule and reign. And they didn't see their Messiah as being rejected and despised of men, suffering on the cross with the crown of thorns on his head. It was a stumbling block to them. To, to the Greek, it was foolishness. It's too simple. The Greek was, were too intelligent. A lot, of, a lot of those kind of folks around, right? You know, Christians are considered, uh, you're, you're, well, you're an idiot. Because you believe in God. And you believe, you really believe literally in the Bible? You're a fool. And yet the reality is, those who don't believe are the foolish ones. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. So we don't have to be afraid or ashamed of the gospel. Gospel, you, angelion, originally the word meant any type of good news. But then Paul coined the word to refer to the good news of Jesus Christ. And so now when we think of gospel, we, we, we correlate that with uh, what it says about Jesus. Christ died, Christ risen, right? Christ rose again. I'm looking at Romans 1.16. Luke and Bach said this, that it is the power, and we see the efficacy of it. It is the power of God. We see the divinity. The object is the power of God unto salvation. The impartiality is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. But there's a condition, right? The conditionality is the power of God unto everyone that believes and then the order to the Jew first, and then also to the Greek. Paul said this of the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, 1-11. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you stand, and by which you are being saved. Behold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as a first importance of what? I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised the 
on the third day according to the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas and to the twelve, and the more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. So you believe. So there, the gospel in a nutshell, Christ died, Christ was buried, Christ rose again. That's 1 Corinthians 15 tells us this. In 1 Corinthians 1, Paul said this in verse 17 and 25, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning. I will thwart, where's the one who's wise? Where's the one Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of the age? Who has, God, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God stronger than men. And so the gospel then, Paul considered that he had this, this stewardship. In 1 Corinthians 4, 1-2, he said, This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they must be found faithful. Faithful. And he was faithful. It's been said that an inoffensive gospel is an inoperative gospel. Inoffensive gospel is an inoperative gospel. John MacArthur preaching one time after he, he spoke um, at a youth rally. Uh, the, the rector's wife came up to him and told him, You offended me because you preached as if all these people were sinners. And he said, well, I'm glad he came across that way because that is exactly the message I wanted to communicate. And you received it just as it was meant to be received. So the gospel is then the power of God. It's the power of God. It's not just that the gospel has power, but rather it is the power of God. God, the creator of the universe, of everything able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. The gospel, the good news then, is God's power, the power of God. The Greek word is certainly dunamis, and we, we remember that word because we get our word, what, dynamite or dynamic from that word. And You know, I'm not getting all big, fat Greek wedding on you and start, you know, it's, it's all Greeks invented everything. But, you know, understand, we, we do get a lot of words from that language. And certainly dunamis, power. It's interesting how 
that Greek word dunamis is sometimes translated as miracle or miracles or miraculous powers. 22 times in the New Testament it's translated that way. So just kind of giving us understanding of, of what the word means and the power of God. In Jeremiah 23, 29, concerning the word of God, it's not my word like fire, it's not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. And there again, 1 Corinthians 1, 18, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And it's the only power that can save. It's able to take a, a wretched man and save him from his life, and help him to become righteous in God. But it's the power of God for salvation. For salvation. The power of God for uh, salvation. And, and I think what happens is some people don't understand that they need to be saved. Right? In order for someone to receive the gospel, they need to understand that they need to be saved. And if they think they don't need to be saved, they won't receive the gospel. If they think they're fine like they're at, or where they're at, and, and what they're doing, you know, I'm okay. You do your thing, I'll do my thing. No problem. And I remember years ago when, when we were in Australia, and, and we were on a, a little train from where we were at. We were going downtown to Melbourne and, and talking to some gentleman on the train. And, and Melbourne's been called the most livable city in the world. Low crime rate, great weather, beautiful golf courses, you know, just the whole nine yards, right? Ample employment, just all that stuff. And, and talking to the guy, what are you guys here for? Because we're American. It's obvious we're American the way we speak. It's, oh, we're, we're here on a, on a missions trip. We're sharing the gospel with people and telling them about Jesus Christ. Oh, you're in the religion business. Well, I, we wouldn't put it like that, but he goes, oh, that's a good business to be in. You, you can make a lot of money. I, do, I don't know what business you're talking about, but, you know, whatever. And he goes, well, sir, what about you? Do you need Jesus? And, and you know, Australia, less than uh, maybe 5 or 6% of the population goes to church every Sunday because they don't think they need to go to church. What for? And, and, you know, just, just like you said, we've got great health care. i got a great job. I, I go play golf every so often. I get to ride on the train. i got this beautiful weather. What, what, what more do I really need? Well, you need to be saved from your sins. And he had the sense that he really wasn't a sinner. I think people need to understand, yeah, unless they comprehend that, that the wrath of God is upon their life, then they're not going to understand their need for salvation, to save, to rescue, to deliver from danger and from peril. Inclusivists in salvation then are all those words, uh, that those Christian words that, that are spoken of occasionally, right? Like justification and redemption and grace and propitiation and imputation and forgiveness and sanctification and, and glorification. All of that inclusive in the gospel. Just remember this important thing. The gospel isn't just for those people who don't know Jesus. 
But you need the power of the gospel to continue in your life as a believer. It's not just a one time for the power of the gospel unto salvation, and then I don't need the power of the gospel anymore. As a Christian, you always need the power of the gospel because salvation only begins when you first receive Jesus Christ. Right? And the key theme there is, is remember, you are saved what from the penalty of your sin. Right? What's the penalty? The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life to Christ Jesus. So you're saved from the penalty of sin. Secondly, you are then being saved from the power of sin as a believer. And that's why you need the power of the gospel because while you have been justified, you are currently being sanctified. In other words, when I was, a, when I was an unbeliever, I sinned all I wanted to. Could have cared less. Yeah. But now that you're a Christian, hopefully you, you sin more than you want to. And even though the amount of sinning is probably much less, it's still more than you want to. And that's the sanctification process where God is making you more and more into the person of Jesus Christ. And it can be a joyful time. It can be a very difficult time. God may take you through some very difficult things in order to help that occur in your life. And you may think, why am I going through this? Well, you need to be sanctified. Yeah, you've been justified, but, but you're, there's still some work that need to be done, and we need to get to it. And then ultimately will be saved from the presence of sin. You get to heaven, there's what? No sin. No sin in heaven. And hence, nobody dying in heaven. Nobody getting sick. None of that in heaven. That's heaven. We live here on earth. Whole nother, and we'll, I'll speak more about that when, when we begin to speak about the wrath of God and just how the effects of sin on mankind have, have brought us to the point in place where we're at and, and how there's actually a, not an evolution but a devolution, you could say, of, of mankind. We're getting further and further away from God and, and from his plan for us and, and we are then, uh, unfortunately, recipients of, of all that backlog of sin and how it has affected mankind. You know, death, destruction, divorce, disease, and, and all that affects all of us, either directly or indirectly. Uh, so speaking of salvation, let, let's go over a couple of terms. Redemption, part of your, your salvation that includes redemption. Agorazo, it means to purchase in the marketplace. The idea is that the believer has been purchased out of the slave market of sin and set free from sin's bondage. That's inclusive in your redemption. There is the propitiatory sacrifice of Christ. Christ fully satisfied the righteous demands of God toward sinners. So Christ's death satisfies the wrath of God. Then there is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the legal act of God whereby he removes the charges that were once held against you and you've been cleared of those charges then. And justification is to declare righteous the one who has faith. So who needs to be saved? Well, everyone. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? 
There again, we're saved from the penalty of sin, from the powers, being saved from the power of sin, will be saved from the presence of sin. Those the power of God's salvation to whom? To everyone. To everyone. And if Paul would have just stopped there, then he would have had a message of what? Universalism. Right? You know, and what's universalism? Universalism is everybody gets to go to heaven. That's you, and some people believe that. Everybody gets to go to heaven. But Paul didn't stop there. And so everyone means all with no exception. Power of God to salvation to everyone. And I believe then available to everyone with no exception. But there's a condition. Everyone who believes. That's the condition. Every, everyone who believes. Available to everyone, but not everyone's going to believe. Pistuo is, is the Greek word. Someone once said, just think of it like this. The medicine is not going to help you if you don't ingest it. Right? The leave isn't doing you any good if it's still in the bottle. You know, my, my knees hurt. You got a big old, big old brand new bottle of leaves sitting on the counter, you know. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's Word of Grace Radio episode as Pastor Joe goes through the Bible verse by verse, simply teaching the Word of God. Did you know that you can find this podcast to listen to it again, even download it or share it with someone by using Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as our church website? You can also get information about church service times, submit a prayer request, donate to this radio ministry, or get in contact with Pastor Joe directly on our church website at gracecalvarychapel.org. But we would love for you to come visit us in person at 9107 Marbach Road, Suite 225, near Highway 151 in the Lackland Sea World area. Well, Senior Pastor and Teacher Joe Marquez would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. It has truly been a blessing for our church. So until next time, we pray that the Lord would richly bless you with His Word of Grace.